Welcome to the Stewardship Leader Podcast, brought to you by the Christian Stewardship Network. CSN exists to encourage, teach, and connect church and stewardship leaders to help them create and lead healthy stewardship ministries in their church. You can learn more about CSN at christianstewardshipnetwork.com. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to Stewardship Leader. I'm your host, Leo Sabo. And on this episode, we're taking you back to a conversation that I had with Blair Graham on contentment. This is also available in the video format. And I encourage you, if you are on our website under the video resource section, to check that out. We're making this available to you because this is a topic that we want to continue to discuss and talk about. This is something that is important for us to know. It's Contentment is something that we learn, not something we're born with. So as we get into this conversation, I hope this helps you. I hope it's beneficial to you as an individual, maybe even as a spiritual leader and how to lead others in this area of contentment. So let's get right into the conversation. Blair, let's start with just a very, very brief uh, and clear question. Why are we all discontent? Why is it that humans are discontent and become discontent throughout life? Yeah, great, great question, Leo. Um, it's just amazing as I reflect back on my journey of just, you know, <laughs> growing up and pursuing life and trying to figure out what I wanted to do when I grew up. And, and really everything in my life, Leo, was centered around uh, being successful and finding my identity and that type of thing. Yeah. And I think the question is why? Like, why was I pursuing that? Uh, what was I looking for? And Ultimately, you know, as I achieved different things, I found that I was not content, even with the things that I I thought would bring me that contentment or satisfaction. And uh, so when I think about it, Leo, I just I think about looking around and seeing how many people are dissatisfied or discontent. I mean, you look at the the marketing industry, right? And they spend billions of dollars trying to convince us that what we have is not enough. And we don't just reject that idea. In fact, we lean into it and say, yeah, you're right. I think I need to get a new car or I need this new device. Um, So that that's just kind of it's everywhere I look, I feel like. Yeah, it's so true. And it's also you you mentioned marketing. I mean, they're literally designed to make you unhappy. I heard this said, but I think I I don't remember what the source was, but somebody said we're the only people that go and turn in perfectly good items to buy newer items before the the old items are broken. So if you think about, you know, just an iPhone, how many of us have turned in an iPhone because it's broken? Like it almost never happens. It's just, I know it's older technology. I know we want the new, but it's the dissatisfaction with the old. And that is part of marketing, but it's a deeper, I think it's a deeper issue. And it's something that I think goes deep into our heart. Um, And one of the things that I associate that's connected to, to contentment is happiness. Sometimes people wrongfully um, take contentment and happiness and they think it's the same thing. So if I'm happy, then that means I'm, I'm also content or vice versa. And it's actually not true. Happiness is very temporary, as we all know, right? Um, I'm happy because I get to go get some ice cream later. But then once the ice cream's gone, I'm not happy anymore. I want more right. ice cream. So it's very temporary, whereas contentment means that um, it's more of a state of mind. It, it's, a, it's a belief that I have, something that goes way deeper than just emotions or feelings. Um, one of the ways that I remember reading it in one of Larry Duquette's books was that contentment is knowing 
that I am at the center of God's will. And, and God's, God has to be part of this. I don't believe that anyone can truly be content without having a relationship with God. Part of what you mentioned earlier, this pursuit of success, happiness, financial fulfillment, all of those are, are it's a search, isn't it? I mean, I, I went through the same thing, trying to accomplish basically the same thing. And it didn't make me happy. And after years of working hard and making more money and not solving that issue, not feeling that contentment, that satisfaction, I was like, what's going on here? Like, I can't keep doing this for another 10 years. I'm just working twice as I did, you know, five years ago. And I'm actually worse off than I am, than I was five years ago. So I think it's important to recognize that this struggle is meant to do something in us. I really believe that, that God has placed in us um, a dissatisfaction with the way life is, because this is not really what we're meant uh, to, to be like or live in this world that's fallen, right? Yeah, I, w- I was just thinking about like a couple of real world examples that uh, just come to mind. I think about Tom Brady, who may be one of the best you know, quarterbacks the National Football League has ever seen. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember just hearing a quote where I think he had won his maybe his third Super Bowl. And uh, he said something, you know, kind of afterwards, he said, man, I feel like there's something, you know, there's got to be something more than this, right? right? And I'm sitting here thinking, this guy is a multimillionaire. He's been the most successful quarterback in one of the most popular sports, you know, there's ever been. And uh, he's married to this, you know, supermodel and all these things that you would think would bring you happiness, fulfillment, satisfaction. Yeah. And this guy who, as far as I don't know if he's a follower of Jesus or not, but he's saying there's just something even in him that's longing for something greater. Um, I've heard it said by Blaise Pascal that that everyone is born with a God-shaped hole in their heart. Mm. And I think at the end of the day, we're all trying to fill that God-shaped hole with something. We, we know it's there. Tom Brady said that he, he knows that there's something that he's longing for. Um, but football, success, being married to a supermodel, those things didn't fulfill that. And so, yeah, I think that that's really important for us to be thinking about, because that's what you were saying, right? If we don't have this relationship with God, that's really where satisfaction and fulfillment and contentment are going to come from. Yeah, and I think when when we think about contentment, especially us as believers, we are reminded of several scriptures that really stand out. One of them is where Paul talks about contentment. I think it's Philippians 4, where he says that I've learned to be content in every situation. And I think about that verse often when I am discontent or when I feel like life isn't working out. And I think, what's why is my perspective that whatever situation I'm in, I feel stress, anxiety, all the things that, that are plaguing me at the moment. Why is it that I can't embrace that kind of, of mindset? And what did Paul really mean? What, what is the, why was he content? I mean, the man's in jail. He's probably been you know, malnourished, beaten from time to time. We know he's beaten many times. And yet he says, I've learned to be content, whether I have a lot or a little, whether I'm hungry or whether I'm full. And that is a state of being, but it comes from, if you look deeper into that scripture, it comes from the fact that he knows that as long as he, so he must possess something that overshadows everything else. And I think that's the thing to remember is that he possessed something that overshadows everything else. When you look at contentment and the definition of it is possessing something, it's being, being satisfied with something that you already own, right? Mm. And so Paul owned something. He, he had this relationship with Christ. In fact, 
um, in another scripture, he says that, that he counts everything as rubbish. Like what he used to care about, all the things that he pursued, the notoriety, the education, all of that. He says, I counted all rubbish for the sake of knowing Jesus Christ as Lord. And I think once Jesus met him and he truly embraced and understood the gospel message that this was transformational to him, he recognized it's Jesus plus whatever else I have, I still have everything. So if it's Jesus plus nothing, I still have everything. Right. And I think that's such an important thing for us to remember, especially in a season where we're struggling because it's always looking at the lack, but not recognizing that we actually have more than enough when we have Jesus. Yeah, that, that's a great word. That's a great word. Um, you know, as we think about, you know, the first question was kind of like, why are we discontent? Why are we all discontent? I think we've, we've covered that. I think the second thing, Leo, when I think about this topic is, you know, what does God's word say about this topic of contentment? And what can we learn from, you know, examples in the Bible? And to me, there there's kind of two. You mentioned the one about Paul. I think that's to me, one of the most encouraging is this idea that Paul learned to be content, whether he was, you know, abounding with things in abundance or he was abasing with very little. Um, that's a great encouragement to me as a believer, because if I'm honest, Leo, I don't feel like I'm always content. I don't feel like, man, I, I raised my hand. I prayed a prayer. I'm a believer. Now I'm content because, as you said, I have Christ. Um, but Paul had to learn that, right? Maybe the greatest apostle uh, of all of the disciples that there were, um, he even had to learn it. And so that's good news for me. I think the second thing, Leo, is just thinking about um, the example of King Solomon. Uh, you have a guy that is crowned with wisdom. God grants him, uh, you know, wisdom where he's going to be the wisest person that there ever was. And um, a rather depressing book is the book of Ecclesiastes. Um, but I think one of the neat things about that, that that I learned when I spent some time in it just a, a few years ago was this idea that here's a guy that had everything mm -hmm. in the world that he wanted at his fingertips, right? He had more money than anyone that ever lived. Um, he, it, it's this amazing exploration of he built cities. He built all these incredible things. Um, he had more wives than, I, than maybe anyone um, ever. <laughs> and, yeah, right. And yeah. It also says that he didn't deny himself any pleasure. Right. And so when I think about why I'm discontent, it's often because I'm longing for some other pleasure or desire that I think will ultimately fill, as we said, that God-shaped hole. Mm -hmm. um, but he basically goes on to say that all of those things apart from God are vanity, right? Mm -hmm. He's, right. He even goes on to say most of us think that doing work, we all, you know, we think about retirement, Leo, and it's like this idea hey, I'm going to be a good steward and I'm going to save. And, and again, biblically, those are all good and right things. Sure. But kind of the American way is I'm going to do those things so I can just retire and coast mm -hmm. and I'm not going to do anything. And yet, if we read the account of, of Solomon in Ecclesiastes, he's basically saying work is a gift from God mm -hmm. and everything else is vanity. It's better to eat and drink and enjoy the toil, kind of the work that we have. Yeah. So I think those are two helpful places to go when we think about what does God's word say? I mean, what else comes to mind for you when you think about that? Yeah, I mean, it's, I think it's a perception of how, how we hope life is. But one thing that I have to remind myself always is that I am in a fallen state. Physically, I'm still not fully redeemed. Now, my spirit is alive in Christ. I do believe I'm going to heaven. I have accepted him as Lord of my life. I 
understand that I have a stewardship, that my life is to serve him, to glorify him. And I know I was created to do that. So it's not a chore for me, but I'm not perfect at it. I know I make mistakes and I know that I get disappointed in maybe my own performance, how I perceive myself, how maybe others perceive me. And so we all struggle with our own identity and and day to day. I'm not saying that in Christ, I know I'm in Christ. I have faith that I'm going to heaven. I'll be with him uh, face to face one day, but in the meantime, I'm in this flesh, and this flesh is not always satisfied. Sometimes the flesh wants more sleep. Sometimes it wants more pleasure. Um, sometimes it wants more stuff. And what I recognize is that in those moments, I have to remind myself that these things that I have tried pursuing in the past have not mm-hmm. satisfied me. And so right. trying to believe the same lie I believed before is kind of foolish. Like, I've tried that. You're not going to fool me. I know you're trying to. And maybe that commercial made me think, yeah, I need to leave. You know, I need to have that item. But ultimately, I recognize and I'm, I literally have to remind myself, those things are not going to make me happy. Now, I do believe that it's great to enjoy things in life. I think mm-hmm. it's a blessing from God to truly enjoy life. In fact, there's scripture, there's Proverbs that says, you know, enjoy the blessings that God has given you. Have a good life. Um, enjoy the blessings and all of that. But I also have to remind myself that those things, once I start depending on those, that experience, um, those items to fulfill me and to, to create in me that contentment and peace, I recognize that the more I depend on those things, the less peaceful I become, the more discontent I become. So I have to remind myself that, that it is in God that I have my fulfillment. It's, it's going back to him that allows me then to truly come into that place where I know that deep down inside, I can experience peace. I can experience that, that anxiety mel- melting away rather than trying right. to just say, well, how can, I, how can I make myself happy today? And so I think it's important for us to just remember that scripture is actually pointing to that. It's pointing to the fact that, that God has created all things in their own good, but it's, it's, it's him. He's our most precious treasure and possession. And if we can remember that, I think it really helps us to, to, uh, to not only understand scripture, but understand how to live a fulfilling life, a, you know, a life that has meaning and purpose. And sometimes that's going to be hard. Um, so it fights against the flesh, but again, we can overcome the flesh. That's the, that's the beauty of it. No, that's a good word. Yeah, I was, I was just thinking about, you know, how do we take the truths of what we're hearing and how do we change and how do we apply it to ourselves? Mm -hmm. That's good. I mean, yeah. So the question is how how do we find personal contentment, right? I mean, it's a day-to-day thing. And I think it's, it it starts again, going back to God's word, right? We have to remind ourselves that everything that we deal with in life, everything that we, the struggles and the, the, the blessings, all of it is, is very clearly outlined in scripture. And so any questions that we have, I always say, what does God's word say about this? Like, I'm trying to settle this and fix this on my own, but what does God's word say? And Romans 12 is a, is a great scripture because it talks about the fact that, that, you know, we're not to be conformed to the world. So that automatically tells me, well, if I'm trying to find meaning and purpose in the world, and I'm trying to make myself like the world wants me to be, because maybe that will make me feel better about myself or make me feel like I'm a successful, whatever. But instead, because I'm not to be conformed to the world, but I am to be transformed by the renewing of my my mind. And I do that by being in God's word, discerning God's will, and then pursuing that will. Because that's really what's going to bring me contentment, is being in the center of God's will. Uh, There's another way to say this. You know, if you 
if you consider that contentment is is knowing that even in a difficult situation, um, you can change everything, right? There are certain things that you can change. Sometimes the, the, the situations we're in may be because of our own choices, right? But there are right. things that happen that are outside of our control. We didn't bring this upon ourselves. You know, we're in this coronavirus season. We didn't bring this virus about. I have no control over what it does, but it's affecting me. It's impacting me. But then what I can say is I can't change those things. But what I can do is, is know that God is, is always true and that he's always in control. So I can depend on the fact that he's in control and that can allow me then to be content in a difficult situation. So finding contentment is going back to God's word and reminding ourselves contentment is being in the center of God's will and knowing that certain things we can't change and the things that we can't change, we need to just turn over to God and say, God, I trust you. I trust you that you're somehow going to work this out. And if it means that I'm going, you know, to literally die, well, that's okay because I know what's happening, what's going to happen on the other side. Um, so it, it really is not a pessimistic view. It's a very optimistic view because we know this life is short and we know eventually we're going to be with him, not just in spirit, but in person. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I was just thinking how it's so important, I think, to have other people helping you identify ways that you are not content. Mm, um, I, I feel like it's so easy to see in other people. I'll just use the example. I've got four young kids and, uh, we just started watching this show Lego masters mm -hmm. and, uh, man, my kids are, you know, suddenly rejuvenated about getting into their Legos and getting all those things. And now they feel like I've got to have all these Legos mom and dad, I need to go on Amazon and buy a bunch of Legos. Yeah. Um, and so you can see it in them. You're like, no, that's not going to give you fulfillment. You think it will, but it won't. Um, so I feel like that's easy. My wife will do the same thing to me. She'll say, Blair, why was it a week ago you didn't feel like you needed this tech gadget, but now you don't think you can live life without it? Right. Um, <laughs> and it's like, I'm just kind of, I'm kind of blind to those things at times. Would it, would it be helpful to maybe share some next steps um, yes, with folks absolutely. on, on Let's ways to think about it? Um, just as you and I were brainstorming about contentment and how do you personally find contentment? Um, there were just a few things that you and I discussed that I thought would be worth sharing. One would be, you know, I think we all have to ask ourselves, where are we? Where Where are you with contentment right now? Yeah. Is this a season of you finding great contentment in Christ or are you discontent? You know, yeah. I don't know. I don't know where you're at. You got to ask yourself that question. Um, and I think the question then is like, what lies are you believing um, that make you feel like you're not content? Mm -hmm. Right. And, and call those out, name them, uh, maybe do that with a friend. I think that's incredibly important. And then the second idea is how do you need to learn to be content? Like Paul, mm -hmm. Paul had to learn to be content. Leo, you talked about Romans 12, one and two, and how it's important to not be conformed to this world, mm -hmm. but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. And I think it, for us, as we're learning to be content, when you ask the question, how can I learn to be content? I think it's, you know, how are you spending time renewing your mind in the truth about who God is? Mm -hmm. And so th those would be my encouragement. Assess where you're at. And then, you know, how can you not believe those lies? It's by pressing into the word of God. Um, and obviously prayer. Like we need God to change us through the power of his Holy Spirit, through prayer and through his word. Leo, what else, what else would you add in here? Uh, you know, what are we missing? What do we need to be thinking about? 
I, I, I just want to emphasize the fact that it is a learned behavior. It's not something that, that you once master and then that's it. It's, in fact, I, I believe contentment is something that we will, it's like a tension that we have to manage, not a problem that we can solve. Because as long as we're on this earth, as long as we're dealing with the outside perspective of marketing and everything else that's coming against us, and even the difficult situations that we face, contentment is something that's going to be challenged. It's going to be challenged. You're going to be challenged to, to remain in this place of, I trust God, everything's okay, when everything's not okay. In the physical sense, if everything's not okay, it's so easy for your mind to begin to wander off and start worrying and having fear. But again, what Blair just mentioned about Romans 12, 1 and 2, it's about this understanding that we are not, we were not cut off of this world the way it is. I mean, let's remind ourselves, we are aliens and strangers in this world. Uh, we're ambassadors that are supposed to just shine the light and let others know that Christ is the answer, that contentment is only in him, not in us, not in what we do, not in what we attain. And I think that's really important to understand that it's a learned behavior. It's like a good habit, right? I, I try to exercise every day, um, and I've set up some habits that help me to do that on an ongoing basis. I think it's the same thing with contentment. We have to, again, go back to God's word and remind ourselves. And in every situation, always look and say, God, what is your will for me in this situation? And I think it's important, like you said, Blair, have conversations with God. That's what prayer is. Talk to God. He, uh, he can straighten up our thinking and our emotions very quickly. So That's right. Leo, I, just in closing, I, I think the thing I want to leave you with as my friend um, is this idea that when we are discontent mm. and we are trying to um, find contentment in ways that aren't God's plan, it can lead us down some very dangerous paths. Um, this is, you know, anybody you talk to that's in a really bad financial situation, mm -hmm. um, there's oftentimes a story of being discontent, right? Yep. And following this ideal desire pathway that wasn't what God had for them that led them to a really bad place. Mm -hmm. um, on the flip side, I see when we are content, when we're satisfied in Christ, it enables us to pursue God's mission um, effectively and faithfully. I think about um, just this idea of Matthew 6, right? Where there's this fear of, do the birds of the air have enough food, right? Or do the lilies of the field have adequate clothing? And Jesus says, you know, your yeah. heavenly father knows they need food and the, the right. lilies need clothing. But he says, seek first the kingdom of God and all of these things I will add to you. So not only are you going to have the provision you need, Leo, but Jesus promises us that we're going to have um, everything we need that the Lord's going to provide in God's kingdom. Yeah, it's a good word. It's a great way to end it. Well, uh, thank you so much for taking the time to, to listen to this conversation between two friends. I hope it was helpful for you as well. And I hope that as you're dealing with some difficult situation, maybe in this season, that you will go to God's word, that you'll spend some time with him, that you'll allow his peace and his comfort uh, to help you to experience contentment because he is with you he is in control and you're going to get through this so i hope you have a, a great rest of your day and again thanks for being with us thanks leo enjoy the conversation thank you for listening to this episode i hope it was a benefit to you and if it was would you do us a huge favor and just share it share it with another church or stewardship leader encourage them through this word today and help them to be better equipped to not only live as a good steward but also teach others to do the same 
If you want to know more about CSN and want to connect with us, you can do that through our website at christianstewardshipnetwork.com. While you're there, take advantage of the resources. We have content that we're consistently producing, such as this episode. We have webinars and events that we do throughout the year, and we'd love for you to be part of those and benefit from those. If you want to support the work of CSN, we would love for you to partner with us so that we can reach more churches and fulfill our mission. And you can do that through our website by giving a either one-time or a monthly donation. Your support would help us to reach more churches with this vital message of stewardship and generosity. Thank you for considering a donation to CSN. Well, thanks again for hanging out with us today, and we'll see you next time on Stewardship Leader. Stewardship Leader.